Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Whoa, are we excited today? We got the man, the myth, the legend in the house. He's an ACE certified personal trainer. He's an author. He's a presenter. He's a father of five. He's a son of the most high. You're about to meet one of the most soulful people that I know. We've been working with him for about seven years now, and he is also a Journey 333 franchisee. Jeff Case, welcome to the show. What's up, Travis, Cindy? Oh, I love it. You guys are awesome. You're beautiful. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm super excited for this opportunity to be on the uh, podcast. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. What do we got? What are we doing? Wow. Well, well, JC, you are a a true overcomer, and uh, we're excited to have you on the show. We love to highlight everybody's journeys, and and, uh, you've had quite a journey. And And I think that in some respects, your journey has been deeper than most. Uh, because I know that you're going to share with us a little bit today about finding your purpose in life and, and really what that feels like. So uh, I'd love to let our audience get to know you. Uh, you're not just a franchise owner and horse heads, but you got a past, you got a history that's led you to where you are today. So if we could, um, let's, let's go back to when you were younger and just how uh, life has kind of shaped you and taken directions and helping you helped you to find your purpose, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. I, if we're going to start back then, I just got to say, I, it all has to do with like a uh, relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because honestly, I can't, I can't think of any other way other than to acknowledge that. Um, I was raised in the church, my family, uh, my dad, my mom, the family and stuff, always going to church on Sundays. I had grandpa and grandma's house every Sunday, every Sunday for dinner. And it just was like, it just was a, it was the way of life. It was the culture and stuff like that. So with that said, um, to, to think about it and what shaped, I feel like shaped me early on to where I am right now is a near death experience. So like, honestly, I don't think a lot of people really know about it, but, uh, when I was young, I almost drowned. Um, I forget kind of like where we were. My mom could probably fill in some pieces and gaps there of like where we were at and stuff. All I remember is being young at a family reunion and uh, drifting. This I fell asleep on a little raft. I mean, you know, I don't hold anything like this against like the, the adults and everybody there or whatever. But anyways, I was playing at the shore. And next thing you know, I woke up. I was in the middle of what it seemed to be a huge lake pond or whatever. And I just went to move, fell off this raft. And I was pedaling as far as long as I could to the point where I wasn't anymore. And the last thing I remember seeing was a boat far off to my left and the shore down there that looked like miles away and screaming. And I heard, I just could see everybody rushing to the shore and that's, and the guy on the boat like yelling or whatever. And that's all I remember other than the fact of the experience I felt sinking underwater. Um, It just was very, uh, it was very peaceful. Uh, It was a point where in the midst of the struggle, right? the risk of a struggle trying to stay above that you just kind of start you when I didn't have that anymore. And I knew I was sinking, uh, uh, immediate peace came over. It was like the struggle. And then the realization that like you, the, the struggle's over, the struggle's not there anymore. I can let go of the struggle or whatever you want to use that as in life. I learned at an early age that I can't control everything in my life and that things are going to happen that, 
aren't my fault, necessarily anybody else's fault, but things happen. And I all felt all these things. And I'm still today just trying to grasp and remember and feel like everything that I was happening in that moment. Like even today, like talking about it right now, just feelings overflowing of just being like being at peace and okay with if I wasn't going to make it out of that moment, that I was good. I was okay. Some of my spirit was like, you're okay. I got you. You know, next thing I know, waking up on the shore, uh, the storyline was this, that my dad beat me, beat the boat to me. That's what, that was the story that my dad got, got to me before the boat did. Um, and, uh, you know, we can talk about that later. I'm gonna get crying. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I remember. And that, that kind of like set the tone growing up from there, experiencing like death in the family and friends and family passing away and this and that, I guess I had a, a an understanding. I was always told I had a, a old soul or I had a wisdom and things like that. And I think I'd have to attribute it to that and that, that godly experience I had in the moment that kind of shaped me going forward. I mean, I always played sports and stuff like that. My dad had me heavily into different sports and things like that um, growing up. I wasn't always a, a chunky kid growing up, but I hit puberty. And then next thing you know, I'm chunky and had to deal with like bullying, but yet I was the, uh, also the, the athlete too. So it was like this, this, uh, paradigm there and then working my way and, and as self-confidence and stuff like that through that being a confident you know very like a very good athlete growing up but also being bullied too you got to juggle these two things so you know and then just playing sports all the way up through um i was always in the gym um i uh, my from 10th to 11th all of a sudden shot up and had like this this like i, I grew i got taller the whole puberty thing and things like that but i was in the gym i was in the gym dedicated working hard for football and things like that um, in the off season and things, but yeah, um, growing up, just things like that. Uh, sports definitely was a huge part of my life. It helped me build that confidence while I was, if I didn't have the sports to, to kind of keep me in the friends that I, that I associated with, who knows, could have been like somebody else who was a young overweight kid who had to deal with bullying and things like that too. So a lot of things have shaped my life up until this point. Um, so that's kind of like a little bit of the early on history. I have two follow-up questions on that. And, uh, and I do want to comment on one thing you said, being an old soul. It's interesting that somebody that gets connected at a young age to their spirituality uh, so deeply, and then gets to just kind of feel their spirituality throughout their life when people pass or whatever, and, you know, just approach it from such a mature perspective would be classified as an old soul. Regardless of your faith, what I'd like to tell you is that if you have a faith that tells you that life is infinite, then this isn't real life. And if life is infinite, maybe we all have old souls. So uh, pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, let me ask you this. I want to talk spiritually and then I want to talk physically because here you are a fitness business owner. And so I definitely want to talk about your weight loss journey. But I want to ask you if after getting connected at a young age spiritually through a near-death experience, were you ever a prodigal son? <laughs> I want to know. Inquiring you, minds want to know. <laughs> all right. Well, elaborate a little bit more about your uh, – elaborate a little bit more what you want to know about the prodigal son. Like, what do you well, want to <laughs> – I, I think that it's great that we're touching on uh, faith, spirituality. You know, there's no holds bars on this show. So – uh, but I think that uh, inquiring minds might say, so is that it? He just got connected at a young age and the rest was just like smooth sailing. He was just always, you know, deep into his faith and he never went on any wayward journeys or uh, so. Yeah, right. Where, where, <laughs> <laughs> you said, yeah, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So take it from there. Yeah, no, it's not uh, just like. 
I've, I've made choices in my life that some people would regret or just feel like they made a mistake and things like that. I'm sure everybody on this call where you've had, you know, we all are human. We've all made poor choices in, in, in growing up. It wasn't smooth sailing. No, I, I treated people wrongly, you know what I mean? And things like that. And then, you know, I've done things um, that were wrong and things like that too. So I guess what I've learned through it is that like amidst the, the choices that I made that would have, whether I had consequences for it or not, not has has helped me understand that grace is a big part of my life. Um, it is grace is something that I'm going to have till my last breath for anyone in any situation that I ever have to face. Uh, and it's kind of like this. It, it's not that there's not consequences for things and choices that we make, but there can be a way we approach it to where there's the grace that's given. But sometimes we have to learn the hard way. Um, I have learned the hard way, just like anybody else growing up, uh, whether through school and discipline, th disciplinary things and been growing up as a young, uh, young man. Even with that, I wasn't really as... I think when I was like 22, when I when I met my wife is where I really started to like dig deeper into that spiritual sense, because it was like I knew the thing, but it was like the Bible says you teach them while they're young and they'll come back to it. Well, there was a gap there where I was just <laughs> not like there and much. I mean, it was there, but I wasn't really doing or, or kind of living the way I should have been. And it's all tied to this whole thing. We're talking about this purpose and overcoming Um but yeah, I mean, people might not know this either. I went to college, my first stint in college, I played football. I wasn't in a, the right uh, mindset. It's all about just sports and stuff like that. Got hooked up in the wrong crowd, and next thing you know, I'm spending a few days in uh, out of you know out of out of normal the local area up in Buffalo and and locked up, <laughs> locked okay. up, and uh, yeah, I've been locked up and and uh, yeah, and th that's the thing. It's like who you associate with. Got this thing right in front of me right here uh, that says you associate with eagles, you soar, you associate with wolves, you howl. And I definitely recognize that I wasn't putting myself in the right situation and ended up, uh, you know, locked up for a few days. Um, and only because my parents said when they got the call, they were like, you let them sit there. We'll be, we got to go to work. We'll get them on Monday or something. Like, we'll, get them on, we'll get them on Saturday. Uh, so yeah, yeah. They're like, well, it's, it's the middle of the week. We'll get them on the weekend or something like that. I forget what it was, but uh, so I just sit there a few days, but funny little story on that real quick is that I was in there for a couple of days. It was hilarious. I mean, I should show you the picture. My hair was out to here. It looks like the craziest mugshot ever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, after a couple of days in, they came up to me and they said, how old are you? And I told them, I said, I'm 19. They said, well, you're not supposed to be with the adults. You're supposed to be with the, the or I was in with the, uh, I was in with the, like the grown men and I was supposed right. to be in a different area. So I spent a couple of days with the grown men there, uh, you know, locked up. And, uh, but anyway, that was, it was an experience and something that I, I don't obviously look back on with uh, favor. But <laughs> I remember being, I remember when they switched me to, uh, with the, with the, uh, where I was supposed to be, I was in this room and the guy next to me, there was a vent and I'm sure it is hilarious, uh, you know, cause just ran, I was only there for a day. So like they came, you know, whatever, uh, all these looks, you got a room full of young guys like your age and you're the new guy or whatever. So I'm in my room and I hear a tap on the, on the vent. And it's like, and remember I was playing safety. I was playing, I was playing football in college and, uh, that tap on the vent and it goes, Hey, how much do you bench? <laughs> and I tap back. I said, "How much do you weigh?" 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, the prodigal son, you know, it definitely, uh, we all have our shortcomings and things like that, but again, going forward, you know, just lessons learned and, and just the grace that kind of comes along with making mistakes, but also having to deal with the consequences of the choices you choose to make. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because yeah. fitness is a journey and so is spirituality. And sometimes, uh, people may mistakenly believe that someone shares, hey, I, I got connected through this near-death experience at a young age with my spirituality, and, and the rest was smooth sailing. And I, I don't think that that can be true physically or spiritually. Uh, it would be a very rare case if it were. Um, so how about this uh, weight loss journey that you were talking about? You're talking about being heavy and not taking care of yourself. And uh, yeah, let's talk Yeah, about so for me... Yeah, sorry, uh, Trev. Uh, yeah, so for the weight loss, I mean, so when I, I went from, I jumped to dip a, a few different colleges, and uh, in the meantime, I ended up meeting my wife. Um, and then after coming back home from meeting Biz, um, the love of my life, and uh, she, uh, yeah, so meeting her, just like anybody else, coming back out of school and stuff like that, you got to adult up, you got responsibilities and things like that. We were pregnant early, so we were, uh, had our first uh, bo uh, now boy on the way and uh, working at like two jobs type of deal and uh, went from being physically fit to to not, I used to make a joke like I, I was cheating on my wife. I had two dates every night. It was with my wife and with Wendy's. Um, I was like eating Wendy's so much. Like I every, every, it's what was one of my favorites and probably still is. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I went from like a solid 200 pounds to like almost 300 pounds, like in two years though, in about two years. And, and a lot of people didn't see me in that time. And it's because I was working so much too. And then I also wore sweatpants all the time. So you couldn't really see, I had hoodies and sweatpants pants on and my body kind of carried it differently so a lot of people are like wow i didn't realize you people close to me they're like i didn't realize you were that heavy i was like well <laughs> i was um and uh, just like anybody else uh walking that walk of life that has its roller coaster of ups and downs just like i coach so having that experience helps me be a better coach i can definitely relate i've had weight loss experience i've had 100 pounds i've had 20 pounds more than i wanted to you know what i mean so i've had to work through that too so i definitely have walked the walk and, uh, and, and kind of know what it takes to get there. Um, so to relate to others uh, with that said. So yeah, I gained that amount of weight in about two years. And um, that story goes like this. My uh, buddy who was going to school with me, um, he, he, can't, he comes home once a year for Christmas. And it was like that year right before I came to Journey, uh, he, he said to me, he came home and I went over to see him. I hang out with him for the week. And he told me, he said, bro, you look disgusting. And I was like, laughed it off and whatever. And sometimes you need people like this in your life. So, so just so everyone knows who's watching, like if you got that friend or that somebody who just bluntly just smacks you in your forehead and says, Hey, you look disgusting. Hey, don't write them off. Okay. Give them some grace. <laughs> um, they're, probably they're probably telling you something you need to hear. And so, you know, I hung out with him for like the whole week and he would say things to me like, dude, I've never seen you like this. You're, you know, you're married. you got a son on the way. You, you need to take care of yourself. You know, I've never seen you like this. And I was like, I laughed it off. I got pictures of being on his couch in my full sweatpants, eating crackers and cheese and things like that, having a good time. I just laughed it off. And then that day he left, the next day I said, you know what? You're right. He's right. So I made a plan that that year to just kind of that this is the year and day in and day out. How did it work? Well, I said, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to run a mile. I got up. I ran 20, 20 steps down the road and was like, Woo! <laughs> that mile. What that is mile's that? not coming today. 
funny stuff. You you were feeling that Wendy's. <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, I got 20. I started to job. I was like, I mapped it out. I was like, I just got to make it just a mile. I can run a mile. I did that. You know, it's, it's nothing. Man, about 20 steps down the road, I started walking. I said, yeah, this isn't happening today. So I just, uh, I walked down to, to a spot, came back. I said, but you know what? I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I can do this, okay? I don't have to wait days in between. I can do this every day. I can get up before my family gets up. I can get up and go take care of myself and get my head right. And I did that day after day. And that 20 steps turned into 40, turned into the mile, turned into two miles, turned into three miles. And day to day to day, it was habit stacking. Uh, There's a great book on habit stacking too. Just starting to identify those key points that you find some weaknesses in your day. Like, you know, maybe it's after work, you get home and you're like, I just, find like I'm vegging on the couch. I, I'm like, oh, the weight of the, the work, I kick my shoes off and stuff. That was a recent one for my recent weight loss that I had from the COVID was noticing I was kind of doing that. And then at the end of my day, I'd be like, man, I wasted all that time. I can take 20 minutes for myself. I get home, kick my shoes off. I put on my workout shoes, put on my stuff. And I just go for a walk, play with the kids or do something. And that helped me get out of that state that I was stuck in. So, um, That's a really good term that you just used, you use the term habit stacking. I, uh, I read a quote the other day and it said that we don't decide our futures. We decide our habits and our habits decide our futures. I, I like the way that you, uh, approach that, you know, some people would have taken the 20 steps and then felt like, geez, I planned to run a mile. I only took 20 steps and here I am walking. I'm all done. Right. But you said, I can do this tomorrow and I can mm-hmm. do this the next day and I can go a little further. Um, uh, habit stacking. Go ahead. Talk about what that means to you, if you would. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you-, you know, I was I was just going to say that that is exactly why you are a perfect coach in this company is because, first of all, the grace that you already talked about, <clears throat> giving people grace, going through what you went through. When people come into the weigh-in room and, you know, it could be 0.2 is all they lost, right? Or 0.4, it's not even quite a half pound. And for your experience and the way that you, you know, treated yourself and stayed dedicated and loyal to what you had told yourself in your head is exactly why those talks in the weigh-in room are, are just perfect for you because it's like, it's okay. You know what? I mean, it's okay. So you wanted a pound this week. It's 0.2. That's okay. There's next week. And you just stay on it and you just keep going and, and we're going to get there. And at the end of this month, you know, it could be whatever, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds. But like, like the way that you stay disciplined and the way that you are in your own mindset is perfect for our members. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Cindy. And, and, and what we don't like is discipline, but we know that discipline is what we need, right? We need, nobody likes to be disciplined, but we have to have that in order to kind of have some success, uh, some success. Um, but just like what you said, go, going through my weight loss, if I, in, in the waiting room, I say this all the time and I hope it sticks is that there were day there were weeks that I did everything right. And when, when, you know, when, when we have members that come in, it's like, man, I did all this, you know what I mean? And I didn't lose anything. Like I'm frustrated and this and that. I'm like, listen, the days that add up for you or against you, you got to be able to get through this because like, this is the mental block. Now it's wondering whether or not, Joe, you're going to stick to it or not. It's stick to itiveness because I'll tell you 110%. I did weeks where I worked out two times a day, every day I ate to the T and I got on the scale at the end of the week and I was up a pound. How does that happen? You know what I mean? I'm telling you, like I did everything right. But what I found is that 
I felt that for a moment of discouragement, but you can't stay there. You got to let it go. You, if you stay in that discouragement, what's the opposite of that encouragement, which I'm big on? It's discouragement. So if you sit there and stay there too long, next thing you know, a day is going to add up. Two days are going to add up, and before you know it, you're 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 playing this this roller coaster effect, and you're wondering why you are one week on and then two weeks off, and then one week on and two weeks off. No, you got to say, you know what? Hey, why? Sometimes we get on that scale. And we really just start to discourage all the good we did the week before. Like we like we see that number and we're like, oh, I'm so mad and frustrated. What about the past seven days when you did every you did all these good things? You showed up three to four times, five times a week. You drank more water. You ate well. You felt better. You're going to you're going to let all that go just for this one moment on the scale. No, it's a it's a it's a moment where you got to say, you know what, I'm going to do that again because I felt really good. So I'm going to do that again this week and I'm going to do it again next week. And before you know it, all that stuff habit stacks and it starts to work for you, not against you. But it's that it's that defining moment every week on a scale. It's like, are you going to you know, this scale? we don't like the scale. We all know like, yeah, whatever. But it's a tool for success. I, I like to coach the members on having a it's a tool like it's a fitness toolbox. You know what I mean? Just like supplements and things like that. It's a way to track. Supplements are a way to help it, you adhere to the program, but you you got to keep the joy. You got to understand, like, hey, this is a defining moment. I did all these good things. Don't let me waste all those good things and all that goodness on this one moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you said something that sounded like a JCism, and it was uh, the days that are uh, for you or against you, or what did you say? With days, that? Yeah. The- the days, the days either add up for you or against you. You know what I mean? So to choose you this day, what you're going to do. So like, again, we just got to make sure, like, if you did everything right during the past week, do it again. Don't mm-hmm. let it stop or get discouraged. Don't sit in that discouragement because you're upset that, hey, I followed the program you said to follow. But hey, because listen, there's we know there's tons of programs out there, but the only one that works is the one you're going to stick to. Right. So like, well, sometimes we do all this good stuff. And we had so such a good time. We felt better. Yeah, we had to work through the challenges of time and this and that all. I barely made it that one day and this and that. But you made it. You know what I mean? And sometimes we can really let that mo- one moment on the scale at the end of the week be a defining moment that kind of discourages us and puts us in that one week on two off one week on no you just gotta knuckle up and just get it done uh such great advice jc such great advice in fact cindy and i are doing the new year new you with the members right now and we're talking about you know not losing the weight that we wanted to on you know different weeks <laughs> then we have to remind ourselves we've only been on this diet three weeks you know like, you know I mean, it seems like wow you know we've been doing this forever and it's just not working i mean come on you know like let's how about a reality check right now there's right. Weeks in a year, and so we've spent about five uh, percent of that on a diet so far, right? It's like crazy. And then isn't there? I think there's a study that says, um, what from what I remember, and I coach folks on. It's like the first three months is tough because you're not really going to see much. You're going to feel better, but you're not going to see much. It's about into that. Th- people recognize your energy, but in that th- three months to six months, that's when somebody else is going to be like. Well, if your consistency, right, that that zero to six months is where someone's going to else is going to notice it. And it feels good to be noticed like that. And it's it's like that six months to the nine months where 
we actually allow ourselves to actually see what's happening of consistency. Like there's studies on that that show the first part, like you're going to feel it, but you might not really see it, but you've got to stick to it. And then all of a sudden, time after, people start to notice. They obviously notice your energy, something different, but they start to see it too. And then you start to see it after. It's just how I feel like we're made. We, we look in the mirror, we don't really see it happening and things like that. It takes longer for us to actually allow ourselves to open up and accept that, hey, I did put in the work. Hey, you look in the mirror one day and you're like, so good yeah so how long did it take you to lose about that 100 pounds that you had to lose that's a great question um i i lost the brunt of it in about six to eight months meaning like i lost about about what we're around that 80 60 to 80 mark you know in that and the last part was harder and i just want to say this for people listening too it was only harder because there wasn't much more to see you know what I mean? So like, you know, there's a, when you lose that amount, there's a big, you notice it. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I lost that. But then I was like anybody else who says, I want to drop 20 pounds. And somebody's like, you don't need to lose any weight. Well, I knew that I did. I knew like, I mean, to, to somebody right now, I might look like, Hey, I don't, he, look, he looks fit. He's whatever, but you know that yourself, there's a little, you got more of a journey to go on. So that part was the hard, that kind of took the one was the hardest mentally, because like, again, you go from seeing so much that now it feels like it's taking longer to lose that last little bit. So that's my encouragement for somebody who has had that weight loss and now feels frustrated, like whether it's performance or trying to lose that last bit of like belly fat or whatever it is, it's like, that will be the hardest. It'll be the hardest test for you to kind of go from losing all of that to now it might take you just as long. If it took you a year to lose 60 pounds, it might take you a year to lose that last 20. I mean, it might because, but you got to be mentally strong and ready to do that. So that it did take, I was always say too, it, you know, make the, make the year the best year of your life because the year, right. Is not a long time compared to five years or three years being like, man, I really wish I would have stuck with journey. Like that type of thing. Cause I hear that a lot too. I used to see it growing up in sports and in the gym, I'd come back from school a year later and see people who wanted results, but they still look the same. So like, you got to stick to that. Yeah. Thinking about things in months, I'm the baby of the family. So my mom says that I'm 484 months old right now, but um, no, I'm just kidding. She's <laughs> <laughs> a who? But you should you have think- her on the podcast. Is she <laughs> oh, she should be next. She no, but when, you, when you think about things like that, you know, I mean, maybe I am roughly 484 months, maybe even closer to another uh, 12 on top of that. But uh, maybe I'm almost 500 months old. And the reason I'm talking in months is because people don't even want to get on diets for like, if I got on a diet for five months, it would be 1% of my life, right? Like, can you give 1% of the time that you've been on earth to fix your health and, and stay on this earth a bit longer and, and really transform your life. So I like the fact that you're just kind of breaking it down in time frames like that. And uh, just sharing with our audience so much uh, useful information. Cindy and I are blessed to have you and Jeremy and Logan who have had firsthand weight loss journeys that are now uh, franchise owners and you know building your community and, and you get to share in the struggles and really empathize with the members. It's uh, it's excellent. It's, it's really excellent. So what has been, I have two questions for you. I want to get into purpose because you're living your purpose. Uh, but I also, uh, we've talked about a couple of struggles. We've talked about our spiritual journey and our physical journey. And I just want to uh, ask, what has been your life's greatest challenge? Because we do believe that you find strength in your struggle and that's how we overcome. So what's been your life's greatest challenge? 
Yeah. Um, before we say that real quick, I want to notice, Travis, you just like, you and Cindy, both of you, like, I'm looking at the screen here and I'm like, I got wrinkles. Y'all don't got wrinkles. You, I got, I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at the screen here. I'm like, I got these wrinkles on my forehead. Like, you guys look, no wrinkles at all. Like, how are you doing it? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, um, my greatest challenge right now is I got wrinkles on my forehead. And, you know, just kidding. Um, no, I, but honestly, I, greatest challenge is I have five kids. I, I have, I have a wife that I love dearly and uh, they're a huge part of my purpose. Like that's the greatest challenge is juggling life. Life is hard. Life is hard. It's not easy by any means. It wasn't, uh, tomorrow's not promised. Um, well, part of my growing up and the, the wisdom that I had was knowing in my heart that others might not, some might understand this. Definitely. If you have a faith, you will that this is not my home. Uh, there's another home that's coming. This is just a temporary time and we got to store our treasures and things like that. So the biggest thing is, 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 is being a husband. Um, because, uh, God gave me my beautiful wife to cherish and take care of and to, to do, do I do it right? Absolutely not. I'm a man just and, and a human, just like anybody else. All the, I'm not perfect all the time, but that is my heart is the greatest challenge is being a the stand up man and husband and father that I need to be to lead the, the, you know, the legacy to be able to raise them up in the way they should go and to make sure that they have, that they're taken care of and they can live life and have a wisdom and a maturity about it and be able to, and that they're okay. So I think that's the greatest challenge. Yeah, um, that's a good share right there, JC. Uh, it's funny, you know, I, I'm, uh, uh, some would say extreme, some would say intense uh, when it comes to business. Uh, I'm a very driven guy. But when you talk about that, or you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. we're not going to make this show about me right now. However, However, when I've been at these uh, little mastermind or retreat events and they say, if this was your last year on earth, what would you do? It always goes back to how I would try to create as healthy of a relationship as I could with my daughter. It always goes back to how would I want to leave my wife and daughter so that they were as taken care of as I can make as I can make any year. So uh, very important, very important. Uh, so I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate you just, you know, putting that first, uh, on the other hand, we are in the Northeast and it is winter time. And we just had about two inches of ice on the ground and you were sharing something off air with us. And I want to talk about that, about how your passion has led you to the purpose that you get to do for employment every day. Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about how that feels because you, you were sharing a story with us and I'll just kind of let you take it from here. Uh, like what it feels like versus other jobs that you've had in your life to just kind of wake up and, uh, uh, you know, be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, um, I'll just have to say first, like, hopefully I don't offend anybody with this, but uh, um, what it was is I just, this morning after experiencing that and just understanding that I had this thought like, man, I really love that I have a passion that lights the fire to where on a situation that we're dealing with today or anything else that I don't wake up in the morning and I'm looking for a reason to call in. I'm looking for a reason to uh, make an excuse or call in sick because I don't want to be there or this or that. Absolutely not. Like, like when we know there's a winter storm coming journey, it's all hands on deck. Let's go. We'll stay the night. We'll do what we got to do because what that, 
you know, for the people, you know, there's the safety thing of it. And I'm not ignorant of that. Definitely be safe and all that type of stuff too. But what I mean is a different level of mentality, different level of thinking, like no longer am I in a job where I'm like, if something like this, I knew a storm was coming. I'm like, Oh, I hope that they cancel work today. You know, I hope that they, you know, do that. I'm like, man, let's go. Let me try to make this a safe environment. And, uh, and let me, if, whether I'm out there shoveling the parking lot myself, like I just want people to know, because why do we do that? Because we know that what we do is of greater purpose and impact that like maybe somebody today, even though that somebody's able to stay home and kick up their feet by the fire and stuff like that, there's somebody else who needed to be at journey today because it could have been a life or death, so to speak, situation. Like maybe they're going through something and you know what? The last thing that they they wanted to be there to be able to uh, work through whatever they are working through. And we want to be there to be that light for them. So yeah, I, again, it's just that, it's that purpose. Like I, I remember having a job where I was like, man, I hope they cancel it and I hope that I can, but I, re, but I will say too, that that was a very short period of time because with the, it's just part of my character and ethic type of feel like no matter what I, I remember working at a 24 hour gas station and things like that. And I remember working there and not feeling that way. Couldn't wait to get there and throw those uh, uh, taquitos or whatever they were up on the grill and <laughs> like uh, those little hot dogs and wieners and things like that. You throw them up on there, get them ready for people. Uh, you, because there was a community there. There were people that came in all night people on the trucks and things like that. And they were looking forward to having their food so they can go out and take care of the community. And I I was, I know it's simple, but hey, wherever you're planted, you do your work, you're of service. So I, I appreciated that. So I'd be out there shoveling the walk at the gas station type of deal. So that's what you, you were talking about there. I was just going to say that is... That is one thing right from the the day you were hired, JC, and you started working at Journey, uh, your work ethic has always been top scale, top shelf. You've always had a fantastic work ethic, and I believe that you've had it wherever you go. Like, like any of your previous jobs, I could totally see that, you know what, this is my job. This is what I'm paid to do. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Um, and you put forth a hundred percent every single time. Like there, there's no doubt in my mind, that is how you treated all your jobs for sure. Well, tra yeah. Travis understands that too, to the point you feel like you're doing what you need, but that doesn't mean that I, I made the right choice. Even with that work ethic, I, you know, I'm trying to do the best. I'm trying to think of all the different ways I can help. And even sometimes where you think you're helping, you might be not helping the situation. And then you that's a learning pattern. You know, that kind of helps. That's kind of yourself and understanding that, hey, that pride and things like that. Like I do. I know that I have that. But I also know in sometimes in my pursuit to kind of do the way I think that is, you know, is right, this or that or up to the standard. Sometimes I might be missing it, too. So um, I recognize that a little bit. A lot, actually. I've had to deal with that. And I appreciate you guys for helping me grow in many areas along the way through business and through a journey of understanding those things. And it's kind of like we did all that life together. We were able to grow and, and understand those things and grow together on that. But I do attribute that, Cindy, to my dad again. I know we'll probably get to that again in a little bit here soon. But my my dad, he just raised me that way. My dad was the one, they they worked. My mom worked many jobs. I grew up, I was, I failed my, uh, what was it, ninth grade not 10th grade math class because my mom had a, one of her early morning jobs and I got to school late, missed my first period because I was always helping her mop floors at a place and things like that. And I would always get there late and she flunked me type of deal. Um, but my mom was always working more jobs. My dad was always working more jobs. And my dad always said, 
uh, with a grain of salt lightly here, but it's like, hey, he'd always say, do the job right so that way nobody has to come up and clean up after you. Do it right the first time so nobody has to pick up after you because nobody likes to pick up after people, right? It's like, in a way. So like, you know, he, he always taught me that way and he was always behind me whenever he had me do something. Some people might be like, I guess I just had a stronger spirit to be able to handle that. But like, I do something, he'd say, nope, do it this way. Nope, do it this way. And I became, I, I, I have an appreciation for that. And I have an appreciation for doing it with integrity, doing it with quality versus quantity. So like my dad was always a stickler on the quality of your work. So um, that always stuck with me. He raised me that way. He was always the one cleaning the house and stuff like that. I'd be cleaning. He <laughs> sometimes there those thoughts. I'd be cleaning cobwebs off the rafters in the basements and the attics. Like, why am I doing this? Why? Nobody's up here. Why am I vacuuming up cobwebs out of the attic and basement? But he just was that it was a it was a way he taught me to 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 the details right the details the little details right and i know there's lots of things about the little details and things so yeah but you know jc your your dad saved you at a young age and we're grateful for your dad for the the lessons that he taught you and uh, he taught you some important ones and uh, this this show this overcomer show is about overcoming all sorts of things addiction weight loss incarceration uh, uh, business adversity, which we're all facing as we've gone through two years of pandemic as a, a fitness business. Uh, you had to suffer the loss of your father and you, you had to, you had to, you know, get back on track without somebody that's been so important in your life. Um, if, if I could ask you to just share a little bit about that for people that may have to overcome loss as well. Um, he was so important in your life and, uh, we were with you. We've been with you for the birth of four kids and uh, and the loss of your father. But if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, coming up in March here will be three years. And uh, I remember getting the call. I remember getting the call. I remember, Cindy, I think it was you that came out saying you got to go. Uh, you got to get out of here, you know, type of deal um, when it went down. Um, tears in my eyes right now because just thinking about it. And really what I'm thinking about is not only just my dad, but just the fact that the the grace that you guys gave me the the way the community stood behind me um to uh during that time and uh really appreciate appreciate all of that i mean i what a support it was to have you guys stand behind me even when even when it was said and done and just getting that text from you travis and cindy and being like hey you got to get back you got to get going you got to get in you got to keep moving forward because it was hard that first day back in here it was tough. It was weird. It just felt awkward in different ways for all that. But towards the end, you guys kind of encouraging me to, hey, it's time to get back in here and get going. And and, and um, that's what your dad would have wanted type of stuff is you to. So I, I remember that and I appreciate that. And still today, not too sad. And other than the fact that like, man, I just wish I had more time. I wish I had more time with him. I look back at pictures, you know, I had pictures. I was able to get a picture with my youngest. I have all the boys with him. We, we took a picture while he was sick and uh, well, he wasn't sick, sick, but, you know, doing OK during that time. Um, but I, knowing my dad and how he raised me, I have no, no doubt, no doubt of what he lived for and what he stood for and where he is right now. So the moment I got the call. It, it, there, it wasn't sadness. It actually was more of a lion heart. It was more like, dad, let's go. What do we have left to do? You know, is he going to be like, I knew immediately, like, just like I was under that water drowning. Once I got the call and I, and then I was told what happened, peace came about me and said, he's okay. 
he's okay. It, it was like this spiritual feeling of like, you know what to do. You know how to carry yourself now. You know how to be there for your family. You know how to do this or that and carry that mantle. Um, I'm okay uh, type of deal is what I felt. And I was given, I mean, there were numbers that were coming to me in that moment and different things. I know where he is. I'm comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been just like, just like now understanding and, and, and like learning about myself when I think about the experience I had while I drowned or growing up as we become adults, sometimes we forget those things, but they, as the more we kind of like bring ourselves back to them, we, we can understand ourselves better. So I'm still in a process of that, of working through this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but once again, your faith pulls you through, uh, because that's, what's giving you the comfort and the peace, uh, so let me ask you this. If JC was to tell people what it takes to be an overcomer, what would you say? It definitely takes faith. It takes an uh, enthusiasm, guys. It takes enthusiasm, you know, joy, um, uh, encouragement. You know what I mean? You, I, I always tell people, you got to encourage yourself. If we look for somebody else to encourage us, you're going to be looking for the rest of your life, you know, and I'll just say too, it has nothing to do with that person not thinking or caring about you is that we're all human. And we think like, and it's all comes back to communication, right? Something that's going to be a lifelong learner for, you know, we might have that best friend, but they might not know what you're feeling because you didn't tell them. So like, you have to be able to encourage yourself first. So that way you can encourage others. If you're feeling down, um, that's what it means to, to be an overcomer in, in, in any situation. To me, it is because uh, the opposite of discouragement is encouragement. So when things are not going right and then the Bible tells us, you know, we'll have trials and tribulations through this world. We, we can't explain it. It's just going to happen. There's no rhyme or reason. It's not that he's bad or that like you're bad or this or that or you deserve this. Like, I don't believe anybody deserves like this type of stuff, tragedy and all these things that happen in ways. Um, but you got to encourage yourself and you got to deal that card that's dealt. Um, I, I have, I have a few things here. I'll share on that. Like I always, I have these little cards I made. I haven't patented it yet, but it's give out, I have mints up front. You know, we like our mints um, and the mints, you know, they're called lifesavers, but for a reason. And I like to say, what's the best kind of mint you can feed yourself? Encouragement. Because just like a breath mint refreshes your breath, so will a breath of encouragement refresh your soul. So stay encouraged, you know, keep a smile on your face and I think never give up. Um, and then I also pulled out one of your cards here that you gave us. I not only got the Carpe Diem, but I got the Be Strong one. And I just picked one before our call today. And it says, faith is the daring of the soul to go farther than it can see. William Blake there. Um, and I just randomly picked that one and it was about faith and stuff. The daring of the soul to go further than it can see. Well, let's talk about where you can see yourself going next. Uh, what What's on the horizon for JC? Well, I I think on the horizon is just uh, uh, just growth where I'm at. I know where I'm planted. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, on the horizon is just up and up. We rise together, right? You know, the, the whole Phoenix and the, the story there. And I'm excited for the company. I'm excited for every, like, all of us and where you guys are going now with the, the, the bucks are getting bucked down there and they're getting bucking here and things like that. And you guys are going to be off doing your purpose. So, you know, how can we continue to support each other 
to to line you guys up, Travis and Cindy, with where you're to go next and support you along the way because we're all in this together. So, but I know where I'm planted right here. Um, it's to continue to 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 love and grow Journey Horseheads, and and that's what my my goal is to do. My team, um, you know, grow the team and just care for them. Obviously, my family and stuff like that. I mean, I have dreams. Would I like to own another location? Of course. Would I like to move to Tennessee and start one? Yeah. <laughs> um, would I like to, you know, so but all that stuff down the road, you got to, you got to obviously build and there's plenty you, you can plan for that type of stuff. But um, yeah, um, that's kind of where I see, you know, things going. But right now I'm right here and I'm excited about it. Um, I love our community and I'm just excited for all of us and everything that we got going on. And I continue to pray for all of us to, to continue to, to, to stay encouraged and keep fighting the fight because no matter whether you're a member or your owner or a coach at Journey, it is the best place to work. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's add, for those that might need a mint, from time to time, a little encouragement, you know, how do they, uh, how do they follow JC? How do they get more of JC social media links, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Follow me. I'm on, I mean, my stories are popping. You go over there on Instagram. Uh, you go on, on Facebook. I'm all about it. Come see me uh, down on Lake Road in Corsets, New York, uh, 3162. Reach out to me. Um, like find me on Facebook or uh, email. I'm sure you'll have some things there. Um, yeah, all of that. And I mean, what, not just me, everybody links? else. What, what are uh, the links for? What are the links for Facebook or uh, or Instagram or you know? Are you doing? Well, some- yeah. So. Our Facebook, our Facebook, like we all have, we all have a page. So like your, there's your main journey fitness page. Mine is journey fitness horseheads. There's journey fitness corning. Um, so if you're going to try to find me, you got to definitely look for journey fitness horseheads. Yeah. Uh, for anyone watching like horseheads, what's that? Like, what, what kind of place is that? Uh, HO horse, right. And heads. Yeah. There's, there's not horse heads laying around in here and stuff like that, but uh, <laughs> not like a bad <laughs> knows, Right. Right. <laughs> Um, but there's that uh, JC Witness for Fitness on Insta is my handle. Um, other than that, the little mint I also wore today, uh, Travis, just for the occasion. Uh, we didn't talk about it much. It could be for a later time. But uh, this is the shirt I wore to my interview that I didn't get hired at. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really. Yep. And the difference is I had this. I had a nice pair of slides on I thought and a pair of nice shoes but uh I had a beard and a, and a man bun that uh I guess were the deal breakers but uh this was the shirt and it said we never give up oh my, oh my god I can't believe it that was the shirt though wow oh yeah because I just I don't know I was inspired by the shirt I was like you know what coming in here I felt led to wear that shirt and it and the rest is history <laughs> yeah, the rest is history JC did not get hired uh after his first interview but uh the the man that you heard today uh had a heart uh that was just so evident when Cindy called him to let him know uh even asking to pray for our company and asking what he could have done better and uh Cindy got off that call and with everything that she shared with me we said we're going to have to keep him in mind, you know, and uh, and we did invite you uh, back for a, a second go at it. And boy, there was no beard. There was no man bun. And he knocked <laughs> our socks right off, you know, uh, sure so, and the rest, you're right, is history. It's been a been a great relationship, JC, and we're looking forward to many years to come. And it's been awesome. Yeah, it was great. Cindy said, uh, remember, she called. She said, um, 
when I asked her, I said, well, what happened or something like that? You, you used a word and it's funny, the word you, you used. I don't know if you remember me telling you this recently, uh, but it was a word that was given to me when I didn't get the job after we hung up or whatever. And we, you know, I emailed you back or whatever. I said, uh, told my wife, I said, you know what, maybe, maybe they hired a knucklehead or something like that or whatever. And then next thing you know, a couple of weeks later, however it was a week or whatever, you called me and you're like, yeah, he was a knucklehead or something like that. So, uh, uh, so I just put that out there on the podcast. But I just I'll tell your brother funny. that you can't judge a book by looking at the cover, right? You know, <laughs> true. Yeah, no, JC. Uh, uh, we're so grateful that uh, we had that second opportunity with you to uh, take the path that we've taken that's led us for here sure. today. You know, so really good. Really good. Thank you both uh, for the opportunity for this. I'm so proud of you guys. I mean, this is, I really, the members love this too. The, they, they tell me about the podcast and stuff and I listen to them as I can get to them and things like that. But you know, they are making a difference. I just want you guys to know. So stay encouraged. All right. Stay encouraged. Get yourself some our, encouragement. Yeah. I was going to say, we got our encouragement yeah. today. So, yeah. uh, and Thanks thank you for, for that, that. JC. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, We'll be excited when this one comes out for all your members to hear it and then some because uh, you shared some very impactful stuff today. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Have a nice day. All right. <laughs> you Thank too. you for being on the show. Thanks. Later, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, that you're on the right path, you're in the right place, you're connecting with people who have overcome adversity and are now living their dreams, people that have gone from incarcerated, displaced into a FEMA trailer to now a successful franchise. So we get you. We understand what it's like to struggle, and we also understand what it's like to come out on the other side.